sold for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Cooney. Now, crank it up. So, Sonny, you know the fan vote is out there for the uh, 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have you seen this yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. All right. So, they put a vote out there for fans to go and vote on. And I guess the band or artist that ends up with the most votes makes the final ballot of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees this year. I, I guess that's how it works. But the current lineup is this. It's... Dave Matthews Band, Pat Benatar, the Doobie Brothers, Soundgarden, Judas Priest, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, Thin Lizzy, Motorhead, Todd Rundgren, Nine Inch Nails, T-Rex, The Notorious B.I.G., Kraftwerk, Rufus featuring Chaka Khan, and MC5. That's the current lineup and this is where they stand with fan voting so far dave matthews which is just ridiculous is leading the pack with big surprise i hate that (laughs) fucking jam band crap (laughs) so he's his hippie friends his hippie pot smoking friends are out there voting uh, on their phones and uh, and he's currently got 733,170 votes and he leads the pack. Next up, who I absolutely believe needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Pat Benatar and she's got 654,195 votes. Next up, Doobie Brothers. They've got 584,000 votes. Soundgarden with 550,000 votes. Judas Priest with 501,000 votes. Whitney Houston, 451,000 votes. Depeche Mode, 433,000 votes. Thin Lizzy with 412,000 votes. I think Thin Lizzy deserves to be in there. They're very influential. Uh, Motorhead. 381,000. So that's a pretty big drop off from Thin Lizzy to Motorhead. 381,000. Again, Motorhead, pretty influential band as far as rock and roll goes. 
Todd Rungren, 325,000. Nine Inch Nails, 305,000, which I, I personally, I think Nine Inch Nails was very influential when it came around to the whole industrial metal type thing. They kind of were the forefront of that, that whole movement. T Rex at 268,000, pretty influential when it came to glam rock back in the early 70s. Notorious B.I.G., 216,000, not rock and roll. Kraftwerk, 126,000. Rufus featuring Chaka Khan, 122,000. And MC5 trailing the bottom uh, at 119,000. Now, do they draw a line at some point and say, all right, the top X get in? You know, I really don't know too much about how this whole thing works. At least they let the fans vote, which is cool. You have to, of course, give them your uh, email address, but whatever. Uh, I use a fake one for that anyway. Yeah, as long as uh, Whitney Houston has less votes than Priest and Soundgarden, then Priest and Soundgarden are going to get in because there's no way they're not going to let Whitney Houston in. <laughs> I think it's a whole big crock of crap, but I think it's funny to talk about, and I like to always look at the numbers, and it's interesting from time to time. So uh, so what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, end of the year. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're caught in retail hell right now. Yeah, we'll get through it. There's only There's only a little bit left. Yeah, and just on the other side of that holiday is the Monsters of Rock Cruise, baby. Can't wait. It is going to be so much fun. That's going to be a blast. We got the guys from Potter and Hell, Steve-O and BC coming with us this time around. It's going to be awesome. We'll be doing our preview uh, episode sometime in the next few weeks. And uh, we also got the uh, best of 2019 coming up that we're going to be releasing. So we got some good stuff coming up here towards the end of the year and the beginning of next year. Yeah, with Steve, BC, Chris, and then Mark and Tone, and then the two of us, this thing could be, whew, this could be ugly. Yeah, poor Jen. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness uh so tonight's episode we got a one-two punch of rock and roll that's what we are appropriately titling this episode one-two punch of rock and roll and you want to tell the listeners basically what the idea is behind this episode yeah the idea was you know there's albums out there that we love that the first two songs just absolutely are untouchable right and they rock and you know, a lot of people will only give the first song a chance, and if that first song's not good, they'll just stop altogether. And every once in a while, you got a shot at a second song. But man, if those first two songs suck, then usually people give up nowadays. But I'm not sure you noticed we're recording the one-two punch recording here on twelve twelve. Do you realize this? I do. So it's it's one two on one two one two. And we did this on purpose, or that just happened to be that way? I just think it's another sign that the apocalypse is coming, my friend. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. This is not a numbers episode. Your head will stay where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a numbers episode other than the first two songs on an album. And one thing I didn't think about that we could have easily done because... Uh, I don't have any on my list tonight, but I know there's a few albums out there where the first two songs on the record are kick ass and the rest of the record sucks ass. 
<laughs> well, that's probably true. Yeah, I had to, like, I purposely stayed away from my Desert Island albums. I stayed away from my top 10 bands. Like, otherwise, this list would have been 200 albums. Yeah, I didn't put as much thought as as you did into it. I just basically went down my library and said, there are a few albums that stick out to me where the first song draws me in. And I'm one of those people that has said from the beginning, we've talked about it before, sequencing, sequencing, sequencing. And you're like, ah, sequencing doesn't mean shit. Today, it doesn't mean shit. But back then it did. And for me, the first song draws me into the album, but the second one keeps me around. And so the one-two punch in rock and roll records back in the 80s were important to me growing up because I wanted to hear. And one record came to mind right away, and we'll get into that in my list. But, you know, I started looking at all my library and all my records, and I just put together a big old list of, of albums that I think just have kick-ass uh, one and two songs on them. And, and there's a lot more. I mean, there's tons of records out there and I'll be interested to hear s- some of the listeners' favorite records that uh, maybe uh, we didn't mention in tonight's episode. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm not sure we're going to agree on all this stuff, but uh, we will go with it. And yes, sequencing does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Loose Cannon agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what happened today? I just cannot get away from it. One of my uh, partner's offices, and we're trying to figure out dates on what we got to do, a blah, blah, blah. And we get all these dates down, and we think we're done. And then I realize his calendar starts on fucking Monday. (laughs) Yes. And all the dates I wanted were wrong because I was looking at the wrong column on the calendar. And I turned to him, and I'm like, Why does your calendar start on Monday? And he quickly looked at you and he said, because Stephen Michael is right. And Uh, you freaked out. (laughs) No, that is not what he said. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Oh, so brutal. I'm looking around, I'm looking around online and I use a uh, flipbook, you know, it's this, uh, you know, what flipbook is right. This news yeah. thing that has all these different news stories that go into my feed. And I see Forbes world's top earning musicians for 2019. So I click on it and I like to, I'm just curious. So I, I start reading. Uh, so I've got a list of 40 top earning musicians here with the price tag that's attached to them for 2019. Some of them probably not a surprise. Some of them definitely are a surprise to me. I'm like, what? This is not just their earnings and music. Some of them have endorsements and things like that. So it's, it's their overall earnings for 2019. You interested in hearing this list? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So number 40 is an artist. I think this is probably a Latin artist called Migos, M-I-G-O-S, Migos. Dude, that's that's Migos. Remember uh, Gianna was talking about this, the three guys? She was talking about it on the Family Affair episode. Oh, yeah. Migos, that nice, yeah. That nice little tie-in to the Family Affair episodes, which hopefully the listeners enjoyed both uh, the Family Affair episodes, the one with... Uh, myself, my wife, and you and your lovely daughter. I think that was a fun uh, twofer for listeners. 
Uh, but yeah, so this Migos, $36 million in 2019. Yeah, she was telling me that they're cleaning up and I had never heard of them. Yeah, so to put it in perspective, U2 comes in at number 39 with $37 million. So there's only wow. a, there's only a million dollar difference between you two and Migos in earnings for 2019. Celine Dion 37.5, Sean Mendez 38 million, uh, Zach Brown tied with Kendrick Lamar for 38.5, Calvin Harris 38.5 also tied, Dave Matthews who we just talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, who's leading the vote with uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers? He bought in thirty nine million this year. Lady Gaga at thirty nine five. DJ Khalid uh, is tied at number twenty nine for forty million with. Uh, and help me out here. Something called Marshmallow. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the guy with the marshmallow on his head. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So Marshmallow Head. Earned $40 million. <laughs> this is one of those DJs, right? Yeah. And nobody knows who he or she is. So they might be they might be living next door to you. You don't even know. Every state might have their own. What a freaking racket, man. DJs <laughs> make a lot of money. Crazy money. And I'm going to put one of those fake uh, turds on my head, that turd emoji. And I'm going to go out and start making some money. Uh, you already have one of those. You, you haven't looked hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> number uh, number twenty nine also tied is the weekend uh, at forty million. The Rolling Stones twenty eight with forty one million. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. You would expect a little bit more, but I guess they haven't done a ton of touring or anything. Luke Bryan at twenty seven with forty two five. Jennifer Lopez J Lo at 43 million uh gnr number 25 at 44 million this act i just don't get the chain smokers the chain smokers made 46 million dollars last year i don't get that band at all those two guys that, that music's awful they got the millennials man i'm telling oh, you my god all right so ariana grande tied at 22 and here's two total opposites. So Ariana Grande makes $48 million last year, tied at 22. You know who she's tied with? Who? Paul McCartney at $48 million as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, if that's not a sign of the apocalypse, I don't know what is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, yeah, but the difference there is Ariana Grande probably played 70 shows. Paul McCartney did two. Jeez. Yeah, you're probably right. You're not wrong about that. And probably a majority of it's maybe his catalog and publishing and stuff. I don't know. No, he don't own any of that stuff. Remember, Michael Jackson owned that stuff. Well, I think he still has some of his catalog. He's got his own catalog. He might not have all the Beatles stuff. 21 uh, is Fleetwood Mac at 49 million. Jimmy Buffett at 19. He's tied with a... Uh, M&M for 50 million, which that's a little surprising just because I know Buffett makes a lot of money on like Margaritaville and all this other stuff. Uh, he's got a lot of different irons in the fire. So that's a little surprising to me. I never see M&M playing tours. How does this kid make his money? 
Uh, he might be making it publishing. I don't know. He might be producing. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, your boy Bruno Mars is at number 18 with $51 million. Just below him is uh, Billy Joel at $17 million. Or I'm sorry, 17 is where Billy Joel is with 52 million. Tied for 15 is Pink and BTS. You know what BTS is? What is BTS? I think that BTS, and maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think BTS is one of those Korean boy band things. They made $57 million. Yeah, it says uh, also known as the Bangtan Boys. There were seven member South Korean band yep. formed in Seoul. Yeah. Yep. So they they made fifty seven million dollars with Pink. Uh, made fifty seven million dollars. Tied at fifteen. I'd rather see Pink and listen to Pink. I like Pink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number thirteen, Katy Perry. She made uh, fifty seven five, and she is tied with uh, Mr. Justin Timberlake at fifty seven five. Travis Scott at twelve with fifty eight million. Rihanna, I didn't think she did anything last year, but she made $62 million last year. Uh, rounding out the top 10, number 10, Metallica, 68.5. Number 9, P. Diddy at $70 million, and I guarantee you the majority of that $70 million is probably like his clothing line and his endorsements and stuff, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if it counts all that. And then I was thinking about like Rihanna and like Lady Gaga, Celine Dion. I bet you some of this is Vegas residencies too. Uh, it is, but it does count all the endorsements and everything. That's what this Forbes thing said. It counts oh, okay. uh, like um, uh, somebody had, I think it's uh, the number two guy. I'll get there. He has an endorsement with Cognac. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so Diddy's got seventy million. Drake is at number eight with seventy-five million. Beyonce, <laughs> oh boy, here's the power couple. Beyonce is tied with her husband at number six for eighty-one million. So together, the household has a hundred hundred and sixty-two million dollar earnings in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> Alrighty then. I wonder if they're willing to adopt a older white boy. With a shit emoji on his head. <laughs> let me come. Let me come play your rave. <laughs> Just call me shithead. <laughs> hey, Mister, don't call that dog lifesaver. No, call him shithead. Number five, Elton John with eighty-four million. Number four, the Eagles. Uh, earning a cool $100 million. Why? They're great. Ugh. Uh, number three, Ed Sheeran at 110, $110 million. And number two and number one, number two is Kanye West, better known as what, Jesus now? Is that what he's going by or something <laughs> like that? Know. Dumbass, I don't know. He, he earned $150 million, which I told you uh, one of those was a cognac endorsement and uh, his he's got a clothing line. It's all product. He he said that uh, the majority of that 150 is is product that he sells. And then number one, you want to take a guess at who the number one spot goes to? This should be fairly easy for you. Sammy Hagar? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, 
He's not even on the list. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Number Rush. <laughs> number one is T Swift at one eighty five, one hundred eighty five uh, million. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Whatever. Well, that one thing that people think is sweet is honey. It's so cold cash and they call it money. Yep. Money, money, all that dream back. Money, money, dream back. That's your top. Uh, rock and roll is uh, represented uh, with the likes of Metallica and uh, the Eagles. And I think that was about Billy Joel, a couple others, Fleetwood Mac, Paul McCartney, Guns N' Roses. There's a little bit of rock and roll in there, the Stones. But that's pretty much it. There you go. Well, hell, you're about ready to get into this episode. Where was Kiss on that list? I thought they were making a million dollars a a show that like i said that's all their money is probably almost all show related and their uh, products don't even scratch the surface of some of these uh, endorsements that some of these people have so they're not even in forbes list for um 2019 at least not in the top 40 anyway maybe they're down the list somewhere It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight. I discovered this band on Spotify this afternoon, and I found it interesting. I said, huh, I was surfing around looking for some stuff, and I found this record called Mama Said Rock Is Dead. And I said, okay, I'm intrigued. I liked the song on the playlist, so I went a little deeper into the record on Spotify. It's by an artist named John Diva and the Rockets of Love. Now, as I dug into it, when I start watching some of the videos, I'm kind of like, okay, is this serious? Is it not serious? Is it Steel Panther Revisited? Is it not Steel Panther Revisited? Because I can't really tell. The guy is sort of over-the-top David Lee Roth-like. But the music's pretty good, and the lyrics are not nearly over the top as Steel Panther. So it's sort of tongue-in-cheek, fun rock and roll, but definitely nowhere near close to being over the top or comedic like Steel Panther. So it's kind of good. The record really is pretty strong. And I've only gone through it once. This is a brand new record that was released uh, in February of this year. And uh, the song I'm going to play off of it is the first track, which is a song called Whiplash. Tell me what you think.
So I had never heard of this stuff before. Listened to it today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this has got Steven written all over it <laughs> because it's straight ahead rock and roll and the choruses suck. And, of course, Steven loves this shit because the choruses suck. Wait a minute. That is that is so insulting. What do you mean I love it because the choruses suck? You love that dry, no backing vocal. The guys are all rough and it's straight rock and roll, like, you know, Saxon, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. This guy's not got that rough of a vocal and there are background vocals on some of the other stuff. Come on, man. Plus, that's insulting. It's not like you and I don't like some of the same stuff. For God's sakes, we just did a two-part, two-week journey episode, for God's sakes. And you picked a bunch of songs that the choruses aren't that great. Um, but that's okay. You know, you like what you like. That's okay. Just because you play stuff that should be carried in ladies' handbags... I don't know about that stuff. Come I don't know. On. Come on, dude. You like to play the stuff that's been deballed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like the stuff that's catchy. <laughs> Whatever. I like it. I think the record's pretty good. Uh, you should go and try at least Lolita. Have you tried that song yet? Uh, no, I gave up after the first one. It was okay. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, go check out Lolita. That might be more up your uh, up your sleeve. It's a, it's a little bit more Van Halen-y. Anyway, check out the record. It's called John Diva and the Rockets of Love. And the name of the record is Mama Said Rock is Dead. If you dug that song, you probably dig the rest of the record. It's a pretty fun record. Just good straight ahead rock and roll. So check it out. So to kick us off, like I said, I stayed away from the Desert Island records for me and stayed away from the top 10 bands just to get the list a little more controlled. Some of my favorites, uh, we'll start with Eclipse, a Monumentum, not Momentum, <laughs> Monumentum. 2017's released. You know, th this album is unbelievable, and Eclipse is quickly becoming one of my new fave bands. They were incredible live, and Monumentum starts with Vertigo, which is my favorite Eclipse song, and then goes straight into Never Look Back. So a great one-two punch there. Yep. To nobody's surprise, I've got an ACDC album on here. I have Highway to Hell. Uh, 79, Bon Scott's last album. You know, this thing got to number 17 on the Billboard 200, sold 7 million copies, but it starts with Highway to Hell, which is the ultimate song, and then Ghosted Girls Got Rhythm, which is awesome too. So that one-two punch that we all love. I got an Ozzy pick on mine. It's my favorite Ozzy album, No Rest for the Wicked. Starts with Miracle Man, goes right into Devil's Daughter. I mean, this is 88 Ozzy, and man, this is unbearded Zach at his wildest. He's playing great. I didn't know this album got to number 13 on the Bulwark 200. I didn't think it did that well, to be honest, but uh, it sold over 2 million copies, so everybody loves it, I guess. I love that record. It's such an underrated record. People don't talk enough about that in the Aussie catalog, and I absolutely love that record. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's got some great songs, and Aussie's got some great songs all together, but there's just something about Zach and Ozzy's mix on that album that sounds great. And then I wanted to play a song for you guys, uh, Dangerous Toys. Check this song out. No! 
I think I got the wrong house. Okay, so what you just heard was Teasin' Pleasin' off of their self-titled album. The album opens with Teasin' Pleasin' Go Straight to Scare, two kick-ass songs off of an album that, you know, the band's from Austin, Texas. The album's got 11 songs on it, and I mean, it is 39 minutes of good old southern sleazy rock and roll. And 1989 is right in the pocket, underrated album. I haven't seen them live for a while, but they're still out there playing. So Max Norman was a producer on this. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, I saw them this year. They were kick-ass. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. I saw them at Rockland, and they were kick-ass, man. That may have been either the first time I've seen them or the first time I've seen them in years. It wasn't the first time I've seen them because I saw them with the Colt and Bonham back in the day. But they were killer, man. They were really, really strong. You know, I love that record. Uh, that Dangerous Toys record, and Teasing Pleasing's great. I'm a little bit bigger fan of the second song, Scared. I like quite a bit. Love that song. But all that stuff, one-two punches for sure on every one of those. So that's a good start to this. I think I'll go into a few of my own. One of the things that sticks out for me is uh, this first record I'm going to talk about. That first debut record from Lynch Mob after George Lynch leaves Dokken. He puts out that Wicked Sensation record, starts out with Wicked Sensation, which was the first song you hear. I absolutely love it, but then it goes into this tune.
So that was River of Love, obviously, off the Wicked Sensation record. And that's just a great one-two punch to start off that Lynch Mob record. And a record sticks out in my mind as well is that second Rat record, Invasion of Your Privacy. First Rat record is great, obviously, as well. But second one, You're in Love and then Never Use Love. Love both of those songs. Love the riffs on both of those songs really strong stuff. How about Judas Priest screaming for vengeance that opens up with the hellion electric eye and then goes straight into that drum from riding on the wind. I mean, if that's not a one-two punch and right there back to back, you got two of Britain's finest from Judas Priest to Maiden. How about the power slave record with aces high and two minutes to midnight? Can't go wrong with that one-two punch. Here's a Southern-born band. How about a little Jackal, that Jackal debut record with uh, Stand Alone and uh, Dirty Little Mind. That was a great one-two punch. You heard Sonny talk about Highway to Hell. What about ACDC's classic Back in Black that opens up with Hell's Bells and goes into Shoot to Thrill? Shoot to Thrill, one of my all-time favorite ACDC tunes. And then Sonny talked about Eclipse Monumentum. (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna jack that up again (laughs) (laughs) what about eclipse bleeding scream that opens up with wake me up and then bleeding scream that's pretty killer yeah on your list uh i'd love the lynch mob record that rat record i love the first song but never use love i'm still getting used to that thing i just love the riff in that tune that opening riff kicks ass judas priest is cheating because hellion's number one so that's just cheating i'll just leave that at that (sighs) uh maiden's a top 10 band for me so no issue there acdc hell's bells and shoot to thrill desert island record for me no problem there eclipse rocks jacko i just don't get them the songs are okay i just don't get what the love is for jackal i don't get it you weren't a huge fan i knew that but that first record's really good and stand alone and dirty little minor are a great one-two punch they're just a fun band live i mean they're they're a great band live to see and and for me that first record was really good now everything after that first record to me wasn't near as strong but i really enjoyed that first record quite a bit so let me uh, share a few more. We'll go with the San Francisco Bay Area Brothers from 1989, first studio record, Babylon AD. 
Bango the Bells and then goes to Hammer Swings Down, it's still staple songs on Hair Nation. Gets played all the time. House of Lords' first album from 88, Want to Be Loved, was a single, but Pleasure Palace actually opened that album. Again, another self-titled album that did awesome. How about Ace Fraley's Fraley's Comet in 87? Remember, Ace is back and he told you so? Yeah. That was the first song, and then Todd Howarth comes back with that kick-ass second song, Breakout. Oh, my God. I remember when I heard it, I'm like, yes, baby, Ace is finally here. So I was totally excited to see that. I'm a huge Metallica fan, and Master of Puppets is my album. And when you go from Battery to Master of Puppets, I mean, if you don't want to punch somebody afterwards, I'm not exactly sure why you're listening. Did you just say pump somebody? I said punch. You Uh heard pump. I heard punch. (laughs) Um, Believe it or not, Master of Puppets is a gold single, by the way. You might not believe that. And then I'll go with Wasp, and I know... The original 84 had I Want to Be Somebody and Love Machine, which would have made my list anyway because those are two killer songs. I like the 98 reissue that had Animal and I Want to Be Somebody, which made the album even better. And all three were singles anyway. So whichever version you have, that one, two punch rocks. And then I, I definitely can't get away from Mr. Big. That second album starts with daddy brother lover little boy check it out
probably my favorite song off of that record. I love, love, love that song. That song gets me going every time I hear it. So kick ass. Yeah. All great picks. Once again, you know, how can you go wrong with any of those picks? Babylon AD, I think, is a forgotten one, and those are two great songs. The House of Lords definitely is. Which record is that, House of Lords? This one's the first one. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? It's pretty good. I don't love that first record. I like Sahara more than I like that first record. Me too. Sahara's a Desert Island album for me, though, so I was trying to stay away from it. Yeah. All right. It's all good. Awesome. Yeah, that Mr. Big album, the second song is Alive and Kicking, and that's the album that had To Be With You on it, that number one. Remember, that went to number one. Yeah. They didn't do much after this album. but uh, Well, they released a bunch of stuff, but they didn't do as well, but, you know. Overall, I think I actually enjoy the first Mr. Big better than Lean Into It, but. I do also. Lean Into oh. It had a lot of good stuff. I liked Green Tinted 60s Mon. I really thought that that had opportunity to be a hit, but they released it as a single. It just didn't do anything. Yeah, it's 1991. That's probably why. Yeah. I just thought the melody to that tune was so great. Really enjoyed that song. All right, let's get into a few more Mon. How about the Bullet Boys debut with Hard as a Rock and Smooth Up In Ya? Can't go wrong with that. Now it's 2020 and we got a reunited Bullet Boys. How long you think that'll last? Look, <laughs> Mick, I love you. Uh, if you're listening, we want to talk to you again. You go back with the ex-wife. It only lasts so long. So what I will tell the listeners is if you love Bullet Boys, go see them early in the tour because I don't know if they can last. They, they fought the second they met each other. So I don't know how this thing is going to work itself out. Especially <laughs> since when we talked to Mick earlier this year, he, he really sounded like he didn't have any love loss for, for Mark. So it's a Yeah, but you know, all that stuff over time, you can talk it out. We just talked to him this year. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't matter. I mean, like we get mad at each other all the time. You just talk it out, right? But <laughs> the issue is it's one different to talk it out and you see each other every once in a while, and you're cordial, and you're friendly, and you have a drink, and you have dinner, and you know the wives hang out, and all all that, all is good in the neighborhood. You're gonna go out in a bus for three months. <laughs> I don't know about that. You and I in a bus for three months. You're gonna come back with no head, <laughs> like I'm telling you. I wish them all the best because it was magic when it was together, and it was the original thing, and. Uh, you know, if they can get back to that and Mark can put down the guitar and let Mick do the stuff and Mark can go back to just singing, I think it'd be good. But, uh, if Mark insists on playing guitar, I just think he loses some of that front man stuff when he plays guitar. But, uh, I digress. Let's get back into this. Uh, the band crazy licks. It seems like almost all the Crazy Licks records, the first uh, couple songs on there kick ass. I like Crazy Licks a lot. You know, they've been around for a while now. They're just not getting known well enough. Hopefully, they just continue to make wave, and eventually maybe they'll end up like Eclipse and get that name out there a little more. Damn Yankees. I think both Damn Yankees uh, records have great uh, one-two punches. What do you think? I like the first album, One Two Punch, better than the second album's One Two Punch because out of those four songs, 15 Minutes of Fame is probably the worst song out of those four. 
Uh, but all four are pretty good, but I like the first albums better than the second. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I just, I really like Don't Tread, but I agree where you're saying 15 minutes is probably the worst of the four because I really like Coming of Age and Bad Reputation quite a bit as well. So both great records uh, and good good material on both records. So Def Leppard's High and Dry, Let It Go and Hit and Run has to be one of the best one-two punches on records, man. Those two tunes, those might be two of my favorite Def Leppard songs, man. Those just kick ass. Uh, love, love those two songs so much. And uh, that record is close to a Desert Island record for me anyway. Dokken, of course, we've already talked about back for the attack on our uh, Desert Island Records. How can you go wrong with Kiss of Death and Prisoner? Nothing bad to say about that record or that one-two punch. And then here's a band that both Sonny and I like quite a bit, and we just try to get the name out there a little bit more, and that's Goddard from Switzerland and uh, their debut record. Uh, so check out standing in the light. Thank you. 
Yeah, that song's very White Snake. That song's White Snake. The next song, Downtown, is just meh to me. Yeah, I like Downtown. I like them both. I like both those songs. But yeah, I agree. Standing in the Light is, is definitely has a White Snake flavor to it. Uh, but I dig both those songs. I dig the Goddard Records as a whole. I know you like this band as well. Uh, so go out there and check out Goddard, G-O-D-D-A-R-D. I think it's G-O-T-T-H-A-R-D. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I had it spelled <laughs> wrong and I knew that. <laughs> that crazy licks. I like the riffs better than I like the melodies, honestly. I, I've listened to it. It's okay. I just can't, for some reason, get into it. There's something missing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't either because it seems like that band has everything that you would dig. They have, you know, good vocals, good background vocals, and, you know, nice big riffs. I I don't know what you don't get about that band, but I dig that band. Well, let's check out this. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Let's do some Growing Ups of the Week before we continue to move on. There was a bunch of folks that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter, and we appreciate it. Uh, I will start by saying with the Family Affair episodes, I think Stephen would agree with me. And especially the one I did with Gianna, for me personally, I got a ton of personal texts, messages, emails. I just want to thank everybody for their feedback. It's making Gianna feel great too, because she, you know, she got some feedback and uh, it was really cool that people gave it a chance. And I think people really like Jen's and yours episode too. Like they'd rather have Jen and Gianna do the episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of positive uh, response for both episodes. And uh, yeah, it's just fun to be able to let our family into our little uh, show here uh, from time to time again. And just really enjoyed spending that time with uh, my wife. And also gives the listeners a little bit of an opportunity to just, you know, get to know us better, I guess. Yeah, and you know, that just makes the connection a little bit better, right? So here's the folks that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter. Ages of Rock, EMZT, Podcast Productions, Rodney Wayne, Delcor, Dan Nation, Mr. Cole Thornton, Nick, Oki, and Zick. I'm going to, I probably messed that up. Tommy Gelati, Scott Gull, Ogata, The Hook Rocks, Steve Vargo, Stacy Broica, I think. Bill Elam, Grayson Gallego, Shout It Out Loudcast, Dave Cranston, John Clark, who, uh, by the way, saw Kiss in Japan. Unbelievable. Chris Sinzak, Stanley Lives for You, David Rudat, Potter Than Hell, Steve Wright, HairNetRadio.com, Courtney Cronendold, Save Rock and Metal, Gusa, Trace Mess 469, Zeus, Austin, Tony Masalam, Podcast Rock City, Eladio, David Hudson, Chris James A., Tammy N., Hopper, Jason Alexander, Daryl Albert, Brian Harris, Ivan Galesick, Jody Havnock, Kerry Morgan, Lee Stauber, Maxwell, Curtis Lankos, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Rick Frio, Jay Zablewski, Brad Rustovin, I Love It Loudcast, Zandon Black, Alan Deshaun, Kevin Williams, Todd Herrick, Mike Williams, Keith Rochford, Peter Cicery, Mark Winder 8, Curtis Shaver, David Cathy, Jason Kearney, Rodney Dixon, Stephanie Temples, Ad Free Talk Radio, Retro Mixtape, and The Circus in Your Town. I think the circus in your town 
must belong to you. Is that your Twitter handle? The circus in your town? Mine? Yeah. No, I'm the clown in your town. (laughs) 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 No, not the circus in your town. But those are the people that shared us and retweeted us, and we appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard our friend Curtis uh, on another podcast uh, called Ridiculous Album Reviews. Have you listened to this podcast yet? Uh, No, I haven't. Steve Wright has been on this show. They did an episode, I think, uh, with uh, Styx, maybe, a Styx album. But they just basically, they go through an album and review an album. And one of the guys is a musician, I think, and they go from front to back and all details and uh, it's kind of fun, but Curtis did rush signals, which obviously you wouldn't be interested in cause you're not a rush fan, but I enjoyed it. And uh, it was fun to listen to that on my way home from work last night. And by the way, I didn't talk about that a little bit. Uh, I don't want to stray too far because I want to get back into this uh, episode, but guess what my office was last night for work. Your office? Guess who I was uh, working for last night. All right. Let me take a wild guess here. Um, Kim Kardashian. Uh, No. Oh. No, it was the one and only Hanson. Yep, that's right. Mm Bop, baby. 30 to 40-year-olds, I'm sure, all in the crowd. 30 to 40-year-old hot chicks that still love Hanson. The place was sold out. I'll say this for Hanson. Like, uh, if you only know them from Mbop, check out some of their other music. They have some really good melodies and some good songs. And I'll say this. In a world filled with uh, samples and uh, people not playing live and DJs spinning music and not doing playing an instrument. These <laughs> like th- marshmallow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like marshmallow, wearing marshmallows on your head. These three guys, these three brothers, they play their instruments and they sing. They did. Uh, so they're doing what they call this wintery mix tour where they're playing their music, but then they're mixing in like uh, Christmas songs, right? They did an acapella version last night of... Um, I think it was like Old Holy Night or something, but they really are quite good, the three of those brothers together. They they nailed it, man. It sounded really, really good. Uh, so at least I give props to them for being able to play their own instruments and sing really well. Kudos to those guys. And they're still doing it. I mean, they've been doing this now for quite some time, 30, 30, 40 years now at this point. I mean, 30 years for sure. I don't know when Mbop came out, but it was a long time ago. There were kids, they're young men with families now. So that was fun. Anyway, let me get back into this because I strayed a little bit uh, far from it. What we would appreciate, we appreciate each and every one of you guys that are sharing our episodes. Very cool. We would super appreciate you guys going to iTunes or to Pod Chaser and leaving us a review. Leave us a review. I'll read it on the air. Uh, we get a lot of comments back and forth and just kind of like, uh, hey, this episode was great, and that's it. Or really enjoyed you guys played this song, and that's it. Leave us an actual review that I can read on Podchaser, and you can review the episodes, but you can also review the actual podcast. And the same for iTunes. We would really appreciate it. helps us out the more re- positive reviews we get. Obviously, it looks better in social media from that standpoint. And uh, yeah, we just would appreciate that. So that's it. Once again, we appreciate you guys listening. Let's get back into this episode. 
So let me share a few more here. 6 a.m. This is going to hurt record. It opens with this is going to hurt, goes to Lies of the Beautiful People, which John Fye was involved in. This whole crew get back together, touring, forget all that. Let's just have 6 a.m. do the songs because James Michael could probably sing the crew songs better anyway. But uh, that's just my personal opinion. I have another Wasp record on there, The Last Command, Wild Child and Ball Crusher, back-to-back. Oh, my God. Uh, That is almost better than the first album, to be honest with you. But I will tell you Wasp is either love and hate for me. Like, I love those first two records, and then they get very choppy for me. Like, after that, there's, there's a couple of songs I like on each album, but... I don't know. Wasp is, it just has no middle ground for me for some reason. But um, I'm kind of with you on that whole Wasp front. I think they've got great shit on all their records, but definitely the first two are the strong ones for me. I did an episode with the guys over at Potter and Hell on Wasp. uh, That's really good. I encourage you guys to go out and listen to it because we kind of go through a lot of different stuff. And I discovered a lot of stuff that I quite frankly, wasn't that familiar with that I really liked, but I'm with you. They got a lot of stuff I don't like, but I can find stuff within a lot of records after the first two that I do like. So yeah, good shit. Next one. I know there's a lot of feelings about who and what Ingve is, but Ingve Malmsteen, trilogy record that's my favorite Ingve record and it opens with you don't remember i'll never forget and then goes to liar that entire record is really really good mark bowles is doing the vocals he didn't make it all the way through the tour just Scott Soto ended up doing part of the tour but uh, those are two great kick-ass songs we've talked about it before xyz second album hungry face down the gutter right to don't say no underrated record underrated album to be honest with you 1991 and man that album's really really good and then the song i want to play for you check this out
So that was Straight to Your Heart from Bad English, and this is coming actually off their second album. So they had a second album in 1991 called Backlash. It actually got to number 72 on the Billboard 200, and Straight to Your Heart was their only single that got to number 42 on the Billboard 100. The problem is the tensions between the band, and the band broke up before this album was even mixed. And you would think that this second album, after all the success of the first one, would have been huge. They had Ron Nevison. The album opens with So This Is Eden, and there's this... uh, you know, the chorus is like, na, 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 Like it totally has Ron Nevison written all over it, right? All the things that Ron Nevison does for a melodic rock band. Uh, the album is actually pretty good, but it's just a shame that these guys couldn't uh, hang out long enough to really see how far they could go. But Neil Sean went straight to Hardline after this. Wait went into hiding for probably two, three years before he started doing stuff. And then, you know, Kane ended up back in Journey after a while. Phillips went to, I think Phil, Phillips went back to Sticks, I think. And then Dean Casanova went back to Journey. So it's a shame, but it's a really good album. It just got kind of lost in the mix. All right. So, yep, Bad English. That's a Journey family tree band, as we uh, talked about in last couple of weeks there when we were covering Journey. All good stuff for sure. How about another few from me? How about... Aerosmith's 89 release Pump with Young Lust and Fine. I think those are two great back-to-back kick-ass tunes from Aerosmith. A lot's been said about Aerosmith's later records that they weren't as strong, but I liked Pump. I thought it had a lot of great stuff on it, and Young Lust and Fine are uh, two great examples of that. Airborne. The first Airborne record, Stand Up for Rock and Roll and Running Wild, those are two kick-ass strong songs and a great record. My favorite Airborne record by far. And this is one of the reasons I loved Airborne is they they have these songs that just kind of build into this frenzy and just kick ass. Uh, So absolutely love, love, love that debut record from Airborne. Alice in Chains, how about a little We Die Young and Man in the Box off that uh, facelift record? That's two kick-ass tunes. Armored Saint, Rain of Fire and Dropping Like Flies off of Salvation. That's a good good record. No, you're not a big fan of Armored Saint, but uh, that's a kick-ass record. Armored Saint is on the Hell No Ween list. Yeah, I like Armored Saint. <laughs> I don't nobody care what you like. <laughs> so how about Black Sabbath? And you can go with either one of the ones from Dio. Neon Knights and Children of the Sea off of Heaven and Hell or Turn Up the Night and Voodoo off of Mob Rules. Both have kick-ass one-two punches as far as I'm concerned. Probably Neon Knights and Children of the Sea I like a little bit more, but I really like Voodoo. So, And then we'll finish it off with this one.
All right, so you would expect my partner in crime, Hollywood, there to be playing Sammy Hagar because he's usually the one that plays Sammy Hagar, but the Standing Hampton record was one of my first entry points into Sammy Hagar music, and that has some kick-ass songs on it, and it opens up with that one that you just heard, which is Fall in Love Again, and goes into One Way to Rock, or at least that's how it is on my library. Is that correct? <laughs> that one's correct. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> All right. So fall in love again and one way to rock. Love it. And then I think the third song is heavy metal, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. So that's a kick-ass record. Love that standing Hampton record. So there you go. Okay. I got a few more for you. Let's go to classic rock, bad company, straight shooter which was the a second studio album good love and gone bad and feel like making love back to back both were huge singles and you gotta remember bad company was considered a super group because it was like free Mata hoople and king crimson coming together so doesn't surprise me that they had such great songs badlands we we've talked about badlands before that first album i mean it starts with high wire and dreams in the dark i mean that's killer absolute classics the Black Crows are back. The brothers are out there touring the first record, and it starts with Twice as Hard and then goes to Jealous again, which can't argue with that one. I had a Buck Cherry on my list, Black Butterfly, Rescue Me, and Tired of You are back-to-back, and those are two of the catchiest Buck Cherry songs there are out there. And then, you know what? Let's play some Bearded Zack. <laughs> Embrace of chaos and war The 
Crazy Horse and what you just heard, which was Overlord. Man, if you have not seen Black Label Society, I am telling you, it feels like a cult. There's an energy, and Overlord goes off so well live. If you can close your eyes and put yourself there, it is unbelievable the energy that fills that room. And normally he's just playing small theaters or big clubs, so it's usually packed in pretty tight, and it's a bunch of crazy Black Label Society fans. And if you haven't seen them live, you should go check them out. Kick ass. Yep. Bearded Zach likes to stand on a big box at the front of the stage and crank it up. I love it. And they're coming here next year, and I'm going to probably go see that show. I love me some Bearded Zach. So I don't have a bunch more to share. I mean, I could dig and find a bunch of other stuff. But you talked about Buck Cherry. And... Normally, you're the guy that plays Buck Cherry, but tonight I'm going to play a little Buck Cherry. And what I don't understand is this record seems to me anyway, my perception is that this record never gets any love. And I just don't get it because this record front to back to me is such a great album. It secured 
my fandom for Buck Cherry because the first record came out and it had lit up and it had some other good stuff on it. And I thought it was a pretty good record, but I didn't, I wasn't like completely sold. A lot of people at the time were talking about how Buck Cherry was the next Guns N' Roses and all this other stuff. And then they put out this record Time Bomb. And to me, Time Bomb is such a great record. I mean, it just kicks ass. And the first two songs on it, Front Side and this one, Riding.
Yeah, Riding's my favorite song on that album. I love this record, man. Porno Star, the whole record to me is so great. I've heard people say bad stuff about it, and they actually broke up, I think, after this record because they didn't put out 15 till like six years later or something. So this record just did not do them justice for their careers, but I just think it's a great record. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell me if you like this record or don't like it or why you don't like it, but I just think it's a solid kick-ass rock record, and that's how I feel about it. So there you go. That's it for me. All right, so let's go to this. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, we could have picked a bunch of choices i mean you could you can go with strutter nothing to lose got to choose parasite room service two-timer Rock city king of the nighttime world i story love christine 16 creatures of night saint and sinner i've had enough into the fire heavens on fire king of the mountain anyway slice it like there is kiss knew that those first two songs had to be unbelievable and so they did it a lot but we went with revenge so the first song's Unholy, which everybody knows. But the second song, a lot of people have not heard as much. So let's go with Take It Off.
stage candy we got porsche <laughs> on the side stage remember to tip your bartenders and waitresses honey get off that pole <laughs> <laughs> yeah girls girls and girls and take it off i'm sure is getting played in every club tonight somewhere i like take it off a lot i like that song i actually like that song this is gonna be uh probably chastised but i like that song better than i like girls 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 personally uh i do too actually maybe it's just because i'm tired of hearing girls 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 but i just i like the music and take it off better oh my problem is straight up vince neal it's got nothing to do with i'm tired of girls 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 and you you do realize that loose cannon is going to clip that you're tired of girls 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 you, you do realize this right <laughs> he clips that i'll find something to clip of him <laughs> he better not uh, why, if, you, <laughs> why do you give people ideas like that <laughs> if the shouted out like loud guys learn how to clip episodes we're in big trouble <laughs> <laughs> we're all in trouble if people start doing all that <laughs> every one of us because everybody has said some shit on these podcasts that can be clipped. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's a good idea for an episode. I, I like it when the first two songs are really rocking, especially nowadays, because now, you know, I might not listen to any other songs that the first two suck. Cause I just really honestly don't got time. And at times I'll shut down a minute in cause I can't handle the vocal. Like the vocal is the absolute first thing that turns me off. Now, back in the day when I spent 15 bucks on the CD and I'm like, all right, I guess I got to give this whole thing a chance. Cause I did spend 15 bucks. I'm not doing that today. Cause normally I'm listening to this, the songs on Spotify way before I buy it. And, uh, so yeah, you got pretty much two shots. How about you? I generally think the first uh, two or three songs uh, tell the tale of a record. And if they don't suck me in then, or they're just kind of meh, then uh, that record is is going to go on a shelf and I'll cherry pick and try to find something decent off of it that'll go on a playlist. Yeah, that's fair. All right, cool. Well, this episode, even though we've uh, tried to make it a quick one, ended up being a big one. So there you go. This will... Uh, 
help people with their Christmas road trips uh, because this episode comes out on uh, the week of Christmas, I think. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this on your road trips. Be safe in all your travels. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Thanks for all the feedback. Be safe out there. Later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 